Hey, so welcome to this episode. This week's episode is something quite unique. Uh, something I really quite enjoyed uh, doing. So this is with Slots Media. Slots Media are a fantastic company. If you haven't seen their stuff, go and check it out. Uh, Stag Culture is one of their, um, their big things we're pushing at the moment. And they've also been doing a lot of work with Blood Origins. So if you're not checked them out, go and do it at the end of this podcast. So um, before we delve in, don't forget to hit the little bell, subscribe and all that jazz because without you doing that, you won't see the good content that I am pummeling out for your ears. So without further ado, let's check out what Slot's going to say. Media, how did it actually all come about? What was the uh, behind it? I'll let Lewis answer that. He um, was the instigator. Yeah, he was the, yeah. the one that caused all of this to happen, really. He's to blame. So. Yeah, I'm to blame, yeah. Slap me in irons. Um, I basically, well, we, we started off, we were um, just fox hunting. So not on hounds, um, just lamping. Sort of, we got into a spat of... Um, kind of getting addicted to early morning and sort of last light foxing. Yeah. Um, so three of us would normally go out, me and Jack and then Ollie. Um, and sort of one one always had the lamp or the or the sort of binos or the caller and the other the other one had the rifle and then the third guy, which was usually me, was kind of just sat there kind of peeking up over the shoulder, sort of like, oh what's going on? Um, so I just thought I started watching um, a series. Like this, not a series, but they they made a few videos like a few years ago um, called the short season by um, by uh, I think it was thirty nine North or something like that. I, I can't remember what the um, what the guys who made it are called. Um, but they they did some like super cinematic uh, films of sort of hunting in. Uh, elk country chasing elk, um, one in Patagonia chasing red stags, um, all with bow hunting and stuff like that. And I, I just thought that looks amazing. Um, and then I was like, oh, I reckon we could do that. Yeah, let's try and recreate that in West Wales. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we yeah, so then we started. Basically, I just, I just sort of got on YouTube, like what camera is good for taking pictures and video kind of settled on a Canon 7D Mark II and then kind of went about it. Um, got a basic lens, started taking pictures, didn't used to edit them. So we, we actually looked back on the pictures like six months ago or something and I was horrified <laughs> at, at what we started at. But yeah, so yeah, just kind of went from there really. Just to clarify, not pictures from six months ago. We did. We looked back six months ago. Yeah, all the way back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like yeah. four years now. Come a long way in six months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that was that was 2016. We started sort of June, June, July 2016. Oh, cool. Um, I have to say, I I tried um, many years ago to lamp because uh, I was big big with the lurchers. Yeah. I used to love the running dogs, um, and I tried to sort of film some of that whilst doing it, and yeah. 
that didn't end well to the point where I didn't even try any long anymore. Um, so it's hats off to you because it's I couldn't do it. It's one of the things I couldn't do. I haven't got the patience for. I think that filming your own stuff is so much harder than filming other people's stuff because obviously, you know, if if it was even if it was just me and Jack, it's you 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 can you know you can work different angles around different people, but when it's just you, you kind of got to either shoot in first person. Yeah. Or, you know, stick a tripod somewhere, walk past it, and yeah, it's a lot I mean, of film yourself. Cameras have changed now, haven't they? You know, you, you could put a GoPro on top of a lamp and actually get some pretty good footage. Um, whereas before, mate, right, you know, oh no, it was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, yeah, things. Um, the cameras are only only getting better, and they're only making jobs easier because they have better low light tolerances so if you really stuff up you know they've got dual iso things like that like if you if you're in tricky situations i mean most of what we do is manual focus as well so that's the like when you're filming when you're filming something like a bow hunt it's you're watching exposure you've got an uh, an nd filter that darkens that you could darkens and lightens the picture you can knock that on the front you've got shutter speeds You've got all sorts of things, and then you're manually trying to focus, not step on anything, not bump into anything, and generally not ruin the stalk. So there's about five or six different things going on at once when you're trying to do it. Um, yeah. So it can get, it can get challenging if the terrain's bad as well. You'll see the standard of our camera work go through the floor. <laughs> we're trying to keep our footing. <laughs> Like that really bad, that really bad shot movie is a yeah exactly. It's it's normally it's not just because we we're, we're terrible cameramen. We just couldn't have got it any smoother. To be honest, <laughs> have you done have you done um, anything with the ponies? Um, you know, with the and the stags and that. Yeah. Um, that's what I've done. Not recorded, but I well, I've been up to Scotland um, a few times, like when I left school uh, and done a bit of gillying up there with the keepers and that was the mm. thing I enjoyed the most actually was was being with the with the, with the horses and that mm. um, I, I, so I'm, I haven't I've watched some of your stuff but not all of it yet I'm sort of working my way through it as, as everything else um, well yeah we've we've done a little bit we did it's a couple of years ago now I think wasn't it on Noidart with uh, yeah with Matthew Mars and there is one of the videos up there up on our YouTube is 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 that trip but yeah we they're just so photogenic you know yeah. ponies with stags or hinds or whatever in that setting it's it's difficult to take a bad picture to be honest yeah uh we uh used to go out on a uh, driven uh walked up day uh, the first day on the 12th we used to do walked up and they had used to have the big panniers on the side of the ponies and even dad managed to get some good photos of that with his camera and <laughs> he's definitely not a photographer you know <laughs> um so you've done quite a bit but what is the project you've worked on? I went. Do you know what? That was brilliant. Uh, I think all of them. Lie. There's got to be one that sticks out because I could tell you now. I love all my podcasts, but there's always one that sticks out. I know, but there's there's they all they all stick out for different reasons. Because I mean, like I I went to Norway with Pedro. That was the first trip we did with Pedro, um, and that was like six days hunting in the wilderness, living in a tent with a bloke I'd literally just met, started off like six hours before and it was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, we're gonna go and sleep in this tiny little hut now and then we're gonna live in a tent together for six six days. Um, 
So that that stands out for that reason. Then there was Bulgaria, where we went um, bow hunting with Pedro, and Pedro had the bright idea to also try and hunt Capacali at the same time. So we ended up waking up at 2 a.m., having got to bed at like 11 p.m. Then you'd spend the 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 start of the day in the dark standing around waiting for Capacali to sing trying not to fall asleep which i failed on many occasions and then you know so that one was like you know we got no sleep stood out for that um you know the most recent one stag culture um yeah it's just i don't know i i think for me it's it's weirdly, I think it's the most recent one because I think we're continuously getting better and doing better stuff. So you'll see at the beginning of, you know, we've taken some videos off our YouTube because we're like, ah, do you know what? <laughs> They're the ones we first produced when we started out. And then you, and then extrapolate right through to stag culture that's still being released like weekly now. So it's, and I, you can see the increase in, in quality at the same time as, Actually, I think I enjoy them more and more as we go on. Yeah. As a result, um, it's more yeah, satisfying yeah. to do because you get a be- you get a better end product out of them. Um, so, but so for me, it's stag culture, probably. I have to say, I have to say, I've done I've done something like I think I've done something like thirty episodes of Outdoor Man now, and all the audio is different through all of them because I've got different equipment playing with different things. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm just about getting there now. I think. I'm <laughs> And then something else will come out and you'll think, oh, God, absolutely. It's yeah. inevitable. I've just upgraded my camera. Um, but I'm sort of going off the recording, the, the episodes with the, like, as, as person to person, uh, especially over like, like this or Zoom, because it's just a bit naff. If, you, if we were stood in a field talking, it's a little bit different. Mm. Um, and, and the repertoire is a little bit different. So I've, I've just, the ones I'm putting out now that were over Zoom, I've just got the thumbnail all the way through and you can just listen to it as audio. And I think that'll work better. I just, I just think possibly people are a bit sick of Zoom as well. Maybe. Yeah, I think it takes... I've tried to watch podcasts where they've where they've had, you know, stuff play. I'd rather just listen to it and do something else while I'm listening to it, to be honest. Yeah, and a lot of people do anyway. So hmm. what was the, what's the point of putting all that effort into yeah. a magical video and wasting my time? I don't think I don't think people even sit there and watch Joe Rogan like it's a like it's no. a TV. I don't I don't sit there and watch it because it's two blokes sat at a table. So you know, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, what? Um, so you talk about Africa. What other program? Uh, oh, you can talk about Africa anyway because obviously we're recording now. So you've got Africa coming up. Any other projects? Uh, well, we hope season two of Stag Culture. <laughs> we can get that. If we can get enough get enough traction and get some funding for that, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I sent I sent Jack a list of uh, of what we kind of got planned because um, we're we're trying to sort of lockdown's been really hard to scratch together content and keep things sort of fresh. Yeah, look, look, we're pretty lucky. Pedro was like, "Let's do stag culture," and when we actually kind of just went solid, let's go. Even though sort of. Everyone was like, "Oh, you got to stay stay in your house for ten days afterwards." Or what if you get Corona? I was like, "We, you know." Thankfully, we went because otherwise we'd be going absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we've got. Well, now first of April, we're we're going to Zambia on the way to film for Robbie. So that that's bow hunting. That'll be our first ever bow hunt. 
um, for Impala um, with Russell at Backcountry Africa, if you want to follow him on Instagram. Um, and then from there, we're going to fly to uh, South Africa, film with Robbie, and then that's that's going to be sort of from the 9th of April to the 20th of April. Um, we're going to hang around for a few days after Robbie goes to do some stuff with um, one of the outfitters there, Craig Martins. Um, and then at the moment, we're trying to then move on to another place to like half halfway home, kind of avoid the hotel quarantine, kind of catch on to another trip to photograph and, and sort of video there. But that hasn't been confirmed yet. So don't know what that's going to be like. Um, but there's sort of three options in, in the sort of in the wings. But we'll mm. see. Flight is an action-packed holiday. Uh, well, we, we kind of we kind of tried to figure out how many flights we'd have to take, and the current plan would be something like nine flights in a, in a month. So, <laughs> talk about not all of them. Not all of them bad flights. Some pretty, no, some no, pretty yeah. But um, yeah, and then after after that, we'll be we'll be home, and we're trying to organise a, a spear fishing trip um, just down in, in Pembrokeshire near us. We went to um, we went to Oban last year on a on a boat. Um, some bloke that we kind of got to talking to on Instagram set it up. They went on a on a scallop fishing boat. So he kind of approached him and said, "Do you want to take ten divers out?" And the guy was like, "Yeah, let's go." Uh, that was really good fun. So we kind of said, "Well, when we were there, we only saw pollock, <laughs> and me and Jack don't like eating pollock. So there's no point really shooting them." Um, so we thought, "Well, let's find somewhere in Pembrokeshire." So hopefully we'll get into in, stuck into that as soon as we get home, and then crack on with trying to get stag culture season two sorted. Really? Yeah. It's funny you should talk about spearfishing because I've literally today just booked to go spearfishing in July. Have you? Oh, nice. Yeah. Down yeah. with the um, with the Frenchman. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know him, but um, we know of him. Yeah. Except we reacted then, like we're like, oh yeah, we're best mates with him. Oh we're... yeah, best mates. <laughs> yeah, he books up fast as well. Yeah, I mean, literally, I've got, he gave me, I've got him here, I think I've got four dates, that's all I've got to go through, one of them I've got an Ironman in, so I can't do it that weekend, I've got to take time off work, but ran a fuck it, eh? Mm, um, worth it. And uh, have a go. Um, it'd be interesting, because he does a course, and he, you know, that, yeah. to, to free dive properly, and then, and then do it, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a totally, it's it's really interesting, like, we discovered spearfishing this summer, um, and, uh and of course, we had some like we had some incredible weather this summer. So we were we out. We just had some of the best conditions that we're probably likely to see for the foreseeable. But um, it's that. weirdly it makes hunting. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes hunting look dirty. Like I said this to Lewis, like it's so clean. You come out the water and you're as long as you haven't pissed in your wetsuit, you're like you know your feet. <laughs> You don't feel, I don't know, like fish are just clean. It's just totally yeah. different, but very similar at the same time. You're not covered in shit. Yeah. You're not covered in blood. Yeah, absolutely. You could literally go to a pub for a meal straight afterwards and be fine. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they might not let you in in your wetsuit. But... Well, yeah, <laughs> you wetsuit first. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And, and it's weird. You get the same, you get the same level of like adrenaline rush and like hunting instinct when you see like a big bass or a big mullet or whatever, you know. Or your, or your yeah. first trigger uh, fish, or 
It was funny, I, I, was, I, I was literally thinking about, yeah, hey, I'd like to do a spearfishing episode, that'd be really good, because I'd gotten quite, done quite a bit of, the year before, done quite a bit of um, snorkelling when we went to, to Greece. And literally within a week of me thinking that, um, Field Sports Channel done an episode with the Frenchman. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, bastards, that's what I want. So I went and found the Frenchman, and I was like, would you do a podcast with me? He went, yeah, and, and as I sort of, Waiting to it more. Like, do you know what? I really need to go and do this. Actually, go and do this. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 great. I mean, I think once you start doing it, you realise you you didn't know that it was missing from your uh, from your skill skill base. But once you once you yeah. start, it's addictive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's lucky. awesome as well to be able to just you know to be able to go. Oh, what am I going to do today? Hunt a deer or hunt a fish? Mm. It's sort of like oh yeah, you know, you're not sitting there on the bank with a fishing rod going. Oh, let's see what we get today. Do you know what I mean? You're going, right, let's go and actually find it, hunt it, shoot it, like, do all the hard... Like, me and me and Jack, you've got to put all the hard work in to, to find the spots. But the best... Like, one of the best things that, that I, I think it is, is, is um, has, uh, spearfishing has, is that there's nowhere else in the UK that you can do public land hunting. And no. essentially, spearfishing is public land hunting. If, if there's a beach, you know, you can't you can't spearfish in fresh water um and you know full stop but if there's a beach you can go and spearfish doesn't matter whose beach it is where it is scotland northern Ireland, just do you know what I mean? and you can just go and do it so whereas you can't do that with hunting can you you've got to either either find the permission jump through hoops book a stalking trip you know fork out loads of money it's, um, I mean, have you ever have you ever felt the coast water in Scotland? I mean, I wouldn't go sp- I wouldn't go f- swimming in the coast up there. Yeah, yeah. I told yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. You just need a thicker wetsuit, honestly. And once you're over that first initial, like, Ooh. you're fine. You're good. I'd um, last year I'd done quite a bit of open water swimming for the triathlon training, and uh, I had to say the weirdest sensation is farting in a wetsuit. You feel like a spirit level. <laughs> <laughs> but it warms you up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, no, I, I have to say, one of the things I'm looking forward to doing, um, re- yeah. really am looking forward to doing, and I, I want to, I think, like we were saying before uh, uh, Lewis jumped on, that I think I want to try and push that a little bit more as well, a bit more like that, especially you know, the camping side and mm. make mm-hmm. a bit more of a thing of it. Yeah, I think it's like... I think this. Sorry, I think this. Um, this summer has been a bit of a revolution for spearfishing. I think a lot of a lot of hunters and non-hunters have found their way across into spearfishing. I mean, the, from everything we've heard, the uptake on it has been like yeah. astronomical, like through the roof. So you know, I I think it's going to be a really popular because it was quite a niche thing. It, I mean, maybe maybe it doesn't look niche now that we can see inside the kind of the bubble, but um, yeah. it seemed pretty niche to be honest. No, definitely. Um, and in France, I think was how big it was over the water. I mean, um, the Frenchman was telling me how, like, to get a decent fishing spot, you'd have to go, like, before the light was even up and sit on your boat and wait for the first light to get in because otherwise you'd have all the f- everyone there on top of your fishing. Um, mm. And it's not like that in the UK. So we've got it quite quiet, which is quite nice at the moment. But at the moment, yeah. 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 <laughs> You're going to have to cut I mean, this whole yeah. bit out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have we have had a little bit of that. We kind of uh, there's a um, a local group to us that that kind of has a little Facebook chat, 
Yeah. And uh, and a couple of a couple of lads went in sort of end of last summer, and and one of them shot a trigger fish on the reef in 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 this place, and uh, and we everyone was going, oh, where's that? Where was that? And then next year, you know, you're like swimming around the corner, and there's another bloke there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you never see this. Go, you go, you go to the other place, and there's someone getting in or someone getting out, and uh, it's quite um. It's, it's, uh, it was about as busy as it got, though. Most of the time, me and Jack were trying to find places that were like well out of the way, a bit of sense of adventure, and just hike there and jump in or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you came into our coast, you'd be more likely to spearfish a shopping trolley or something on the on the scenic <laughs> coast. There. We've not seen anything really weird yet, to be honest. Not, not no, really. Not we actually, we've actually found a few. We've found a few useful things, though, haven't we, Jack? We um, we went we went to a wreck down in South Wales and um, kind of swimming around a bit further past it, trying to find it. We managed to find a boat anchor, and then end of the summer we did a job for a, a guy that owns a vineyard, and he was like, "Oh, instead of paying you, do you want a do you want a boat?" And we were like, "Yeah, okay, cool." <laughs> so we we were like, "Oh, we need to get an anchor for this boat." Oh no, we don't. We found one. Oh, we know where one is. Oh, yeah. Dear. That is brilliant. Haven't found um, an engine yet, though. Where do you where do you want to go? So hunting. So you've been a few places in the world. Where do you want to go? I want the list is massive. Basically, I want to go everywhere that's still a wilderness. Like I, I want to go to Russia. I want to go to Alaska. You know, all these, and even even like the the. North America, you know, places like that where there's just huge tracts of public land. Like, I just, I want to see, because we grew up in, or we grew into hunting and, like, into the filming side of it, watching a lot of American stuff, I think we're fairly Americanized generally in what we what we like to watch. So I, I want to see an elk in person. <laughs> I don't really care where that is. <laughs> all the usual, like, white, even white-tailed deer, black-tailed deer, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um... I think most I most want to go to the Yukon. Yeah, more than anywhere. Yeah, Lewis, yourself, Lewis. Um, yeah, I think I think I I like top of my bucket list is probably a like an elk an elk hunt. Hmm. Yeah, I could, I could go with that. And then and then probably New Zealand to just live there. Yeah, I, I... and do all the spear fishing and hunting there is there. Yeah, I do. I think I'd rather New Zealand with Australia. Not that I've done either, but I know New Zealand's sort of got the better climate for, for my skin. I won't be red and crispy all the time. It's just, it just looks like a paradise. I mean, if you if you hunt with a rifle, you can go hunting red stags, boar, like wild cows. They've got elk in certain yeah. parts. You know, Tar, chamois, and then if you want to go spearfishing, they've got like yellowtail kingfish that get to like fifty kilos, and then they've got everything sort of down from there. So yeah. there's something for everyone. I, yeah, I've got to say, I think Africa was top of my list. Like, like proper Africa was top of my list, and so I'm, I'm just like I'm super excited to go in April. Um, but uh, after that, I, I think it's got to be. It's got to be one of the big wildernesses, to be honest, because there's something I don't know. I, I've never really um, 
got as much excitement out of animals in areas I know aren't really that wild. I mean, you know, yeah. we deer stalk, we've all deer stalked in lowland England and places like that. And as beautiful as it is, it's just different. It's just a different feel to it. Um, and I, I enjoy that, don't get me wrong, but there's, it's just it's just totally, totally polar opposites to when you know that there's nobody around for hours and it's taken you four hours to even get there and mm. stuff like that. Like, it's hard to find that, that, that economy of scale in the UK, I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, in some parts of Scotland you can, but not many of us have the privilege of going to those places. No. So, um, you know, I think just... anywhere, anywhere that, that that's remote. I think, yeah, I think in lowland, like sort of if you're hunting in, in sort of urban areas or like, you know, just a patch of forest down from some, some town somewhere, it just feels like an activity. Like, yeah. oh, should we go for a hunt this morning and then oh, we'll, we'll go to the pub for breakfast. Whereas, you know, when you go to Noidart, it's like you leave the, you leave the house at seven in the morning and you don't get back unless you shoot something, you know. And that's that's yeah, it's, work for it's, it, as it were, not a jolly. Yeah, it's mm. just completely different. But yeah, yeah, no, I get it, and, and I carry it out as well. That's always been the thing for me. Not that I'm a bit idle like that, but you know, it's it's part of it. And I've, mm. I've really, I suppose, I suppose in the last twenty years, I've grown up, and I don't, I, I couldn't care if I shoot something now or not. It doesn't excite me like it would have done when I was in my teens, um, but. To now go out and work for what I've got to get, you know, like almost like the Americans, I suppose, you know, they go out, they, they fill their freezer with that deer because that's their tag. They go in, they carry it out, and it's the whole process of it. Mm. And I think I've gotten very much like that. Again, I think that's because of the, the TV that we see. Netflix is obviously playing a big part of that, and YouTube mm-hmm. has a massive part in that as well. Yeah. I think they appreciate it more as well. I think you see, you see like on um, Deer Stalking UK on Facebook, uh, some people might get pissed off with this, but it's just my personal opinion. But I just like in the UK, obviously, there's so much deer, and Pete, some of some of the guys on there have just all the stalking, probably too much stalking for them to actually be actively managing any of it. You know, you see some guys that are out every single day, but it's like, oh, I never go to the same place because you know you don't want to spook the deer. But then you know that they're, they're hoarding like, you know, 100 acres, 200 acres, 1,000 acres of land that other people then have nothing and do you know what I mean? But then yeah. all they're doing is they're, they're splatting deer to then winch it into the back of the trailer and into the truck and then flog it to the game dealer and then they bitch and moan about the game dealer prices. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Americans, it's like, you know, you're, you're lucky if you've got a tag. Or, you know, you've got a tag, you're lucky if you can actually find that deer in the allotted window that you've got. You know, we've got it so lucky, but in a, in a way, you kind of see a lot of guys that they don't appreciate it. They don't appreciate the process. It's like, oh, it's nice to be sat in the high seat and just shooting something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Do you think it's taken for granted a little bit? Because I, I feel like, I'm yes, sure. whilst it is hard to get access, once you have access in this country, you know, you can you can shoot an awful lot most of the year. So, you know, there's always, in certain parts, in certain parts of the UK, you can always shoot something, which yeah. is, which you, you can never get. Like, you know, that's 
you know, we speak to we speak to a few guys in in Denmark, and they they're like buck season starts kind of like right after the rut, and they all get they all get geared up to see if like the rut if they're going to catch the rut this year. They all get hyped, and they if they get the rut, they're like the luckiest guys in the world. Whereas here in the UK, it's like you've got six months of a of a roebuck season. Like you are getting that rut. You just need to watch the deer every day, and then it's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But I mean, most most roads you can't you can go down and run one over. Yeah, so, or a muntjac, or you know. Yeah. Exactly. If you struggle to get a deer in the UK, you're doing something seriously wrong. Uh, <laughs> and we don't, and we do take it for granted. As you, I mean, we live in Wales, and around us, is, there's nothing. <laughs> Say it again, sorry. I said we live in Wales, and round like West Wales is is where we're from. Round us, there is nothing. Too many deer boys. Too many dog boys. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, uh, one thing that gets me on on social media is the the fact that everyone's got to put what they've shot. I, I, I don't get the fascination with taking a picture of that, like or, you know, um, Paul Paul Chowdy, for instance. Um, I've got nothing against the guy from what I'm, what about I'm, I'm going to say, but often his Instagram he's got three or four Chinese water deer lay there. Um, with the rifle, and everyone everyone goes mad for it. I'm like, why? It doesn't. That isn't really what it's about, you know. Mm. And obviously, it's for them guys. But in my Instagram, you won't find a, a dead bird on there, or dead or anything, because it's not the it's not the image I'm trying to push out, or the message I'm trying to push out. And I think a lot of people are doing our sport um, and our sort of ethos and everything else, a bit of a bit of misjustice. I think it's a fine line. Yeah, mm, yeah. It's, a, it's a tough one. And it's a tough one to tread. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can, you can damage, very easily you can damage the image of hunting. But at the same time, I mean, it really annoys me when I see on Instagram that Instagram has flagged up, oh, do you really want to show, do you really want to see this? Like this is a, this is an explicit yeah. post, and I'm like, well, yeah. Now I'm going to click it, and I, and then it's it's like a it's like a haunch. But if I upload a photo of a steak, there's no there's no it's not explicit. How is that any different? We're one yeah. step away from the other. And I think, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think there has to be good strong roots into the food aspect of it. There's two extremes, isn't there? I mean, if you if you if you take pictures of dead animals and it's like the the grip and grin sort of ones, you know, you're just you're just asking for the Daily Mail to scroll through your Instagram and pick the best one that you know gets pinged up. I mean, like you know that that bloke um, uh, got got hit with the Daily Mail a few years uh, um, a few few months ago, and you know you go through his website and one of the one of the pictures he's using to promote wolf hunting is literally a bloke grabbing the dead wolf by the scruff of the neck, lifting it up in the air and, and laughing. Do you know what I mean? So then the Daily Mail get hold of that. And being hunters, you can kind of go, yeah, you know, the guy obviously wanted to show how big the wolf was. And, you know, so a lot of effort has gone into hunting that wolf. So that's where the that's where the, the joys come from. Yeah. You know, and you've appreciated the hunt. But then if you take a snapshot, it can, there's no context. You know, that's that's something the Daily Mail can pick up and sort of run with and call you a monster. But then on the flip side, if you don't show anything whatsoever, how, how then do you kind of, all, all you're doing then is you're kind of feeding in, in my opinion, feeding into the antis 
in, yeah. in that, you know, if you, all you're doing is taking pictures of the countryside, how do you how do you sort of educate the general population that because most people don't care about hunting, they think they they you know you know everyone thinks you're either for or against it. There's probably eighty percent of the population. If you said, oh, what do you think about hunting? They go, well, I don't mind. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, if you sort of normalise some sort of tasteful images of deer and you know, like Jack said, the haunches, the process yeah. that goes on afterwards. And you kind of say, yeah, you know, look, this is, you know, this was an alive animal an hour ago, and now it's not. But, you know, it's not you with your thumbs up kind of standing over it. It's, you know, an educational post. I think if more people did that, you know, you're yeah. talking about mass education on such a low level that I think a lot of people would understand it better. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you've got to look at the wider, you've got to look at everything you're about to post, what is the most narrow context this could be taken into? What's what's the narrowest view they could take on this? And if it's bad, then it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like Paul Chilton is probably a great example because he's, you know, he's a great ambassador for for shooting sports in general across the board. And he's, he's obviously a, a super knowledgeable bloke and he's very high profile, really, considering with the Field Sports yeah. Channel and things like that. And if you look, if you took his whole feed and then went, oh, yeah, actually, there's something here about, there's a video of him rescuing a muntjac from inside a pen, which, as far as I'm concerned, is absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> but he, no, he actually picked it up and put it outside the fence. Like, like, cool stuff like that. Like, brilliant. But you can also, you know, people can, people can find, find that narrow aspect very, very easily. And you're right, just by going to one of those... Yeah, one of those, one of those triple, triple kills, as it were, you know you can just rip that out of there and people don't care people then don't care about the rest of the context that's the thing once you once you escalate it to that point the rest of the context becomes meaningless and you know that's something that we probably can't actually totally proof ourselves against no, like no, you said you're just playing the other side then but there are yeah. some great i think it's a generational thing i think there are some great people doing that um on instagram these days um but even then i'm sure if we if we did a little activity and had a scroll through, we could probably find something to write an angry article about if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I've done one of my videos, someone asked me to do dress note, uh, game and rabbits and bits and pieces. The only one I haven't done really is is deer because I'm so bad at it that it'd just be embarrassing me to put it on YouTube. <laughs> um, I can do it and put it in my freezer, but apart from that, nobody wants to see that car crash. And um, I done, so could you do rabbits? So I said, yeah, I'll do rabbits. I thought, well, how am I going to do this? Because I need it to be to be real. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to put the big picture of killing the rabbits because it's not what I, I want to educate people, not put people off, the, you know, the Instagram and, and everything else. So I videoed us ferreting. I managed to get some some shots of rabbits bolting into nets and bits and pieces, so people could see what was going on. But it wasn't. I say harmful to the eye. It wasn't going to offend anybody really because it wasn't. It was the bit that was going to offend people wasn't seen, and then went into the the skinning of the rabbit after that. And I think that worked very nicely. But it's a like you said, it's a fine line, and it's going to be. And it's one we're never going to get on top of. Mm. Um, people just need to be mindful of what they're doing, so not doing us any harm. I think, yeah, I think the most polarizing thing is is the kill shot. Yeah, because if you're into hunting. 
um, like Field Sports Channel, we we was we were talking to um, the, the guys at one of the game fairs um, a couple of years ago, and they were saying like their their YouTube stats, they every video spikes at the kill shot, and it's like the most views they've ever had on a video is slow motion head shooting of a deer, really, aloe deer, yeah, of like the head exploding. That's the that's like one of the videos they've got one of like the most views of ever, um, and because like obviously if you're into hunting, it's one of the for some reason it's one of the things that you want to see. You want to see how that animal reacts to the shot, how that person kind of, do you know what I mean? How that person finished the stalk. But then on the other side, like my girlfriend's um, not into hunting at all. Um, when when I first got with her, she was completely against it. You know, if I if I brought a, a duck back, it was like, what the hell? What the what what the hell have you done? Yeah. But now she'll sit there and watch because um, obviously I've been proof proof. Me and Jack have been proof watching the, the sort of stag culture episodes. We put them on the on the TV, and she'll sit down and watch the whole thing. But she'll say, "Tell me when the deer's about to get shot. I don't want to see it." Yeah, that's, you know what I mean. That's fair enough. But she'll watch. She's she's been with me for two years. She she knows. You know, I've slowly kind of talked. She's always had questions, and I kind of answer them, and and kind of just from my own my own personal sort of experiences, and she's kind of learned to go. Oh well, actually, hunting isn't this monster's sort of pastime. It's something completely natural. But she still can't physically watch. She, she just doesn't want to. She doesn't want to see an animal get killed but then you know like I said for an educational purposes do they really need to see it no they know what's going to happen yeah mm. leave it at that i mean if they see it alive and then they see it they, then they see meat they they can kind of piece it together don't they yeah well i'm going to say thank you very much there and stop recording so thank you very much for doing this guys it's been a- anyways told you that was a good episode so a big thank you again to slots media for the guys for lewis and jake for taking the time out and chatting to me um, again, go hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell for the content, and uh, give me some comments, give me some feedback. I need feedback, so give it to me. Uh, good, bad, what you like to see, what you don't want to see, all that stuff. Okay, so until next time, catch you later.